Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we're taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. I'm Jarf, and we are talking about minute 55 of Joe vs. the Volcano. With us in the American Panoscopic Studios is returning guest Liz Whitaker of Mean Girls Minute and the upcoming Way to Dune Minute. And our second returning guest, returning from just last week because he snuck in with Crystal Beth and he never left the studio, is George Hendricks, also of Way to Dune Minute. Welcome, everyone. You mispronounced back by popular demand. Uh, don't get too excited. But I'm so happy I get to be in the studio this time. You guys hadn't secured the space no when i was on the show you were still in that storage unit yeah i have news break Uh-oh. i i have since watched the movie i didn't realize just how i understand that the minutes are numbered when you give them to us but i didn't realize just how early in the movie i was yes so you've seen the movie. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. You have the, I get dubious maybe honor of being the first Movies by Minutes podcast I've been on where I hadn't seen the movie, but guessing on the show led me to watching it. Well, that's great. That is exactly what we're here for. And I was trying to remember what minutes you were with us for originally. I know that it was really early on. Yeah, we as had the said. lamp and him uh, waiting. The please order the catalogs, the get rid of the lamp, and waiting in the doctor's office. Yes, that that classic. You need more of those catalogs, so please order then them. Please order them. So the real depressing stuff. Yeah. Yes. 10 through 12. And now you're back for 55 through 57. And more importantly, we get an opportunity to hear your overall reaction to the movie. So if listeners remember back in minutes 10 to 12, Liz was doing that fun movies by minute experiment where you are just seeing those minutes out of context. The room method, if you will. And now you've seen the movie as a whole. So what, what were your thoughts? Well, first... I am just happy to know that I get all three of the Meg Ryans and I get to talk about all of them. I have all three of them in my minutes. Yay for me. Yay for you. And also that George, when he came on last week, he requested some scene where there was at least two Megs. Yeah, there's not all three on screen at once, but I definitely got a double Meg dose. You got a double Meg dose last week, and and then between Liz's appearance earlier in the earlier in the movie with Dee Dee, and now Patricia and Angelica, now the the triptych is complete. It's very exciting. All of the all of the Megs. All the Meg. Oh, it's like the movie The Meg. Yeah, exactly. But less Jason Statham. <laughs> right. More shark teeth. She's she's worse than Meg, my worst friend. <laughs> Oh, Meg. So you want my overall opinion of the movie now? Dish. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I like that it is super campy in some parts. And I like that Joe sort of finds himself and that he really, no spoilies, takes control of his own destiny. Also, hi, I'd like some magic luggage, please. It's not magic. It's just convenient. 
this is less scary magic luggage than the magic luggage from the um Terry Discworld, yeah from yeah. the Discworld oh, yeah. books here's the thing though if it's your luggage it's the best luggage you yeah, just don't want to you know be true. not that luggage you don't want to get on the wrong side of that luggage no, which is the inside apparently true there's some scary luggage in literature because also Moody's trunk from Harry Potter is kind of yeah. scary. And then just a weird unknown of the, the, the wardrobe from Lion, the Winch of the Wardrobe. Yeah. So this is my favorite fictional, very useful luggage. We'll have to put a poll in the listeners group of what people's favorite fictional luggage is. This one comes with a bar in a violin case. That's just rich people luggage, though. That's not the same as magic. <laughs> Well, isn't magic basically just rich people? Yeah, you could just be, be able to afford the things that no one else can. Yeah, that would be pretty freaking magical. Is that actually the secret of magic and they just made it up so that we wouldn't come for their means Probably. of production? Yeah. We miss out on 99% of the magic. Yeah. Rich people have stuff that we can't figure out how they got and they're just like, no, no, it's magic. <laughs> it's just magic. Well, that's amazing. Well... That's awesome. So I'm I'm glad that you've seen the movie. And uh, well, why don't we switch gears to talking about today's minute? We can always expand on the this movie world. overall as we go. <laughs> Terry Pratchett. <laughs> Jarf, are you familiar with Terry Pratchett? No, that's... he's trying to cover it politely. <laughs> he's he doesn't very know good. what we're talking about. <laughs> he's very good and highly recommended, especially anything luggage involved. Yeah, it's, I've learned very quickly with recording with you too that that sometimes I just have to sail by what you're talking about. Oh, nice. Just give you some time, and you'll talk it out, and then we'll just sail on by. It's kind of like a passive aggressive yes and. Yeah, and then <laughs> one listener from the group will say, "Don't worry." I know what you were talking about. Just the one, though. <laughs> It'll be Jeff Hamill. <laughs> probably, yeah. He's probably read all of the Terry Pratchett novels. The name sounds familiar. Yeah, it's got Ricewind, the wizard, and it's got the Night Watch with, yeah. Cap- with Corporal Carrot. And, and My computer is named Rincewind. See? Just saying. It's good stuff. Color of magic, man. I Googled Terry Pratchett, and, and I got Sir Terry Pratchett. Yeah. To oh, yeah. That's how good he is. He has been knighted. Oh, wow. But that okay. doesn't mean that he was knighted like uh, the terrible... It doesn't mean he's terrible. Yeah. I know there's kind of a, th- a theme of terrible Brits getting uh, knighthoods, but he was not a terrible person. Jarf, have you ever read or watched Good Omens? That's a book he co-wrote with Neil Gaiman. They turned into a series on Amazon Prime, which was phenomenal. Oh, I've seen a lot of people yeah. posting about that. That's Terry Pratchett. It does look fun. Brain work. And I love Neil Gaiman. Yeah, See? they they mailed the transcript back and forth to each other. No way. Yahweh. Not Yahweh. Yahweh. Oh, yeah. That's a different thing altogether. <laughs> Although Yahweh technically was in. It's true. Was involved in the story. Good omens. Yeah. <laughs> so Speaking when they of were stories. communicating and writing <laughs> good omens, it was all telegrams and telephone calls. Boom, exactly. You did it. Bringing it right <laughs> back around. Right, Angelica. <laughs> Yes, Patricia. (laughs) So, right. So we're getting a little bit of a window into Angelica and Patricia's common ground, their thorny relationship with their father and how neglectful he is. We're getting some 
some snarky Patricia, which I love. And then Angelica gives her a great line. Well, well, you're in a rotten mood, which is one of the many missing Joe versus the volcano gifts. It's Ooh, impossible yeah, that to would find be gifts great, from this movie. Yeah, that would be a great reaction gift. It would be a great yes. reaction gift, but it would be wonderful to throw it out there and have people go, when was Meg Ryan with red hair? <laughs> right. Um, fun fact. Well, I don't, it's actually not a fun fact. It took me several minutes to realize that that was Meg Ryan when I first saw her appear in the red hair in the movie. Is that because you have aphasia? I think it's because of the wedge shape of the hair. It makes her face look different or I'm dumb, but only one of those two. I, I'm not, wait, you guys don't have to decide. Oh, yeah, no, I'm thinking on it. I'm like, I need to make a decision now. <laughs> I'll post a poll in our, no, I'm just Yep, <laughs> we need a poll. Is Liz a dumb? <laughs> I actually hate it every time I say that I'm going to post something in our Facebook group because then I listen to the episodes when they air and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't remember to post it. Now I don't have time because I have to get dinner ready. It's It's so much make work please uh join our listeners group and make this all worth somebody do it for him Some, or listeners, everyone, else, yeah. everyone can post the if poll. you hear this and he like you know what jarf's dropped the pole ball <laughs> right. i'm gonna throw it up there for him <laughs> so about there being three meg ryan's now every time there's we've discussed the multiple roles we've sort of batted the ball around of what was the intent and is it dreamlike or is it different mental states and and I actually was doing some research today and and I found the press kit from back in 1990 for Joe versus the Volcano. Was it in a telegram form? It was in a telegram. And so I, I had to hook my telegram back up so I could receive it. Extra, extra, we're all about it. Meg Ryan, three pizza, and Joe versus the Volcano. <laughs> Joe versus the Volcano, stop. <laughs> all of us clearly know a lot about <laughs> that, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but I found some quotes just about the triple role. And the writer and director, Shanley, said, The idea of one actress playing three characters came to me after I had written the first draft of Joe. I thought it would help to unify the story, but I wasn't convinced the idea would work until I encountered the miraculous Meg Ryan. I thought that was revealing in and of itself because he does say that it, it was intentional. But I, what I thought was really neat was Meg's quote about the characters. She, it said she was thrilled at the prospect of creating three separate characters. And, no, and no, no, no. I'm what? sorry. You cannot call it three separate characters. And one of the characters is just Meg Ryan. <laughs> Fair. Well... This was 1990, so Meg Ryan hadn't crystallized into Meg Ryan yet. Oh, a pretty, I mean, if you look back at her body of work, she's always Meg Ryan, except in this one movie where she is two parallel universe versions of Meg Ryan. There's like a whole multiverse thing going on. Or cloning. I can't decide which. I like or multiverse. Flubber. Or what verse? Oh, I, I said or flubber or the nutty professor. That too. <laughs> How does that tie into, I remember nothing about flubber except for it's I, a green think f- stuff that bounces i think i might have flubber might have been wrong i might have only meant the nutty professor because eddie murphy plays the whole family he plays like six people ah yes. oh i see a clump of verse yeah the clump of verse <laughs> <laughs> oh right the quote from meg ryan that's what george derailed me from saying He's good at that. which i'm very good at that thank you thank you <laughs> yeah. uh, someone recognizes it's my, his calling my talent, card my skill set Meg said, 
Each woman mirrors the psychic stage Joe has reached in his odyssey. Dee Dee is a frightened mouse, a spiritual infant with a raging inner life. Angelica is a prisoner of glamour and a perpetual adolescent. Patricia, unlike the other two, lives the most fully because she conquers her fears. On a boat. On a boat. So, George, you've said that Patricia is basically Meg Ryan. So do you... Do you feel like Meg Ryan, when she's at her most Meg Ryan, is someone who lives the most fully because she conquers her fears? Sure. She conquers her fears at playing multiple characters in a movie. But I mean, other that, movies. That's like Frances McDormand territory. I mean, I do think that what she says is like, it's pretty accurate. I think that she identifies what, I mean, she does a pretty good job of identifying where Joe is, what his states are. I take some, well, I guess Patricia does grow a bit because she talks about, you know, using the boat to get away from the things of man while she's like eating, you know, gourmet meals with fresh cut flowers and just like living this really rich life that it feels a little disingenuous to be like, I'm going to escape the things of man on my very fancy yacht with those my blue staff. Uh, I think Blue Apron meals were based on the meals that they ate on the Tweedledee. Joe versus the Volcano sponsored by Blue Apron. (laughs) (laughs) I think she breaks it down into like her little subsets, but I think you can be a little bit more simplistic with it. You have pre-haircut Joe Meg Ryan, hat Meg Ryan, and then no hat haircut Meg, I mean Meg Ryan. So there you go. Speaking of haircuts and hats, one of your prerequisites to coming back on the show was that it was for a scene after Joe's gotten his haircut. Because she hates hippie hair. That hair was so bad. It was so bad. It, it was bad hair. Bad it was really hair. bad hair. Was it worse than his long hair in Castaway? Yes. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he needed some some moisturizer or something on that, some sort of like keratin treatment because that was rough. Listen, I can forgive stranded on an island with only a volleyball to talk to, shaggy, unkempt. But he had of tons hair. of coconut oil. He could have taken care of it. But he didn't have a comb. Anywho, that's still better than terrible. Too short in the back mullet, but too long on top. Still, somehow too long on top. Listen, as any cartoon has shown us, you could turn a fish into a comb by using the bones. So that's not that's, that's not that's not a reason. Nevertheless, even if he could have done a little bit more to tame his castaway hair, a mullet is a choice and not exactly. A good one. He made the a, choice a choice. A mullet's he, a lifestyle. Well, yeah, it's a sad, broken, I give up lifestyle. But now we are in post makeover. Joe world. So I'm very curious. We've what got you Safari think Joe. Of his new look. <laughs> it's a little bit out of the frying pan into the fire, style wise. The hat's not great. It's not. It's not. However, it is 1990, so I think he could have done worse. The only way he could have done worse if it had been one of those baseball caps with the flaps on the back. That would definitely have been worse. To cover your neck. You got to protect your neck. Made by the same people that make jams. No. <laughs> Or Zubas or whatever those pants were. His hair is still a little, a little bit long on top with like too close cropped in the back. Yeah, but now he looks like Tom Hanks versus before when he looked like Tom Hanks trying out for Toto. Mm. The band or the... Yeah, the band. The role of the dog in The Wizard of Oz. Which I don't know (laughs) if you have actually taken the time, Jarf, to look at the video for um, Africa. It is the singular most unattractive collection of human beings 
ever. Well, I'll have to check look that at, out. Look at them. They all look like they just forgot how to human. <laughs> well, so, okay, as I'm as I'm watching this again to, you know, wait for him. Well, he I think he throws his hat. He takes his hat off in the next minute. So I can't actually yeah, I was gonna see say, his stay hair tuned in this for minute. Next minute if you hate the hat. But speaking Spoiler. of hair, with her blonde hair and her like tennis skirt, like all American good looks, when uh, when you hear the uh, ADR of the uh, one of the boys saying, we're ready to cast off, Skipper. I realize that Skipper is like a boat term. But, but in this moment, you feel like it's her American doll name. No, she looks like Barbie's younger sister, Skipper. She looks or like that. my Skipper doll. Remember Skipper, everybody? She had I flat was, feet, I, I, so she I couldn't share shoes with Barbie. I'm not talking to you right now. That was dark. <laughs> that was a dark time. She had flat feet, so she couldn't wear Barbie's shoes. And she was also shaped differently from Barbie, so she couldn't wear Barbie's clothes. So you had to buy all separate clothes for Skipper. Remember that? Yeah, I do. That sounds terrible. I know that I wasn't the intended audience for that question, but I do remember that there was a skipper. Yeah, she was like Barbie's younger teenage sister. I remember there was one, yes. Although the skipper from my childhood is on Gilligan's Island. That's left us nowhere to go. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I mean, there, that that's a mine rife with, with Gilligan's Island potential. Yeah, so I mean, they're getting on the boat. And as they're getting on the boat to sail away, I feel kind of bad for the Fliberty Gibbet. Basically, I just wanted to say that word. You missed Angel- your chance last week, yeah. Yeah, I know. I wasn't there. So I had to work it in today. Angelica I actually makes me kind of sad. Since starting this podcast, I've been working into my real life as often as possible. Do you describe others as fliberty gibbets or yourself? Or do you use it in specific terms of road rage? <laughs> right. <laughs> Try using a turn signal, you, you GD fliberty gibbet. What did you say to me? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's from Joe versus the fall. Where are you going? <laughs> Oh, you, oh you have a gun. You. you have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. I take it back, Angelica. I'm sorry. Actually, one time my coworker left work just a little bit after me, and he he was in his car with his three year old son, and he pulls up alongside me, and he's honking his horn furiously to get my attention, but I had just. I had slowed down to let someone make a left turn into their driveway, so I had to slow down super slow. And when you hear somebody honking at you that furiously, you don't look over. Oh, no, you do not acknowledge. Because you don't want Eyes forward. So the next day, my coworker's like, dude, why did you ignore me? I was trying to... And I was like, oh, that was you. And he said... Yeah, my son was in the car saying, why won't he look at you, daddy? You're like, because I didn't want to die. Very awkward. Yeah. The Fliberty gibbet. Hmm? So I have a question since we're in this little area. And this is going to be for Tierney too, but since she is uh, currently indisposed and we'll join She's dealing with a Fliberty gibbet. Yeah, yeah. So this whole moment with between Joe and and Angelica on the dock, where he kind of like looks at her and they get real weird and awkward. And then he leans in and kisses her on the cheek. And then she like smiles. This can go out to, to all females listening to this this podcast. Ladies, please answer. Is that a thing where you're kind of like, oh, that's cute? Where like you get like the weird little timid side cheek kiss and then, you know, it looks like he's about to wet himself. <laughs> Is that a thing that's cool? No, I know. I think it was, was a very specific moment in time. I think that they had had a very specific set of interactions leading up to the event. And I do not recommend you try this at home. 
ever like not to anyone like like oh that's yeah pretty much okay like because there's there's the levels of cheek kisses you know there's like there's a solid amount for kids and there's like grandparents and that's kind of like the the wheelhouse for those and then you can have a in a romantic situation but you got to know the person you're into the situation with before you like peck them on the cheek and be like all right bye and that's usually like oh i'll see you in a little bit so the whole first physical real interaction of that is the kiss on the cheek that just it just seems weird. Oh, well, I do think Joe was like, yeah, I'm going off to die. So what ifs? Yeah, if his whole like, I'm going to let my hair down if I still had it moment was like a, a chaste peck on the cheek. After she had actually, if she was, after she had asked if he was going to sleep with her, it's, uh, he might need to take bigger steps if he's going to live his fullest life before he jumps into a volcano. But I think that's him saying. I actually think it it's kind of a, a self-power move, not against her, not like a power play. He's like, you know what? I don't have to sleep with this random lady that I'm only going to know for a day to live my life to the fullest. I can just kiss her on the cheek and that's going to be fine. Also, I'm going to hop in this boat with her hotter sister. What up? <laughs> You just have a bias against blondes, or four blondes, I guess. I do think not going for the kiss on the cheek IRL is good advice. Yeah. But looking at this scene closely, I would say in Joe's favor is that he doesn't swoop in for the kiss. He goes in super tentative. It's a very, I'm gonna, uh, is, uh, eh," and then the kiss. So I think think there was an opportunity for her to go like, Whoa, buddy, pull back and then abort the kiss and it would have been fine. And I, I got to tell you guys, I don't care who you are or what you think. You're not Tom Tom Hanks. You're not Tom Cruise either. <laughs> Could you? I don't think I actually said any of you his last name. But I but saw where your mouth was going. Yeah. With you my ears. Know. You're not either of them. So just don't try anything they do One in of you is much taller and has symmetrical teeth. In any case. More likely you're Tom Arnold. <laughs> right. And no one wants, like, or imagine. Or Imagine. Oh, my God. He'll leave the light on for you. He will. Please come over. Please. Please. The thirstiest of all the Toms. Oh, he is the thirstiest. <laughs> Tom Thumb's kind of freaky, so he knows, his, he knows where his game is. Tom Bodet's just like, I will, I will pay you to sit next to me in a car. <laughs> Tom Thumb is sex positive. He is. Tom Thumb is, he's a dirty boy. Uh, uh. I don't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's wrap up with this final thought. So what do you think of the way Joe asserts himself after Patricia, it, it, she's, she's ribbing him. She keeps fall, calling him Felix. And I love her line. She says, because I do what I want. But then finally, he has had enough. And he says, my name is Joseph or Joe. Neither of those are power names. I like that he still gives her a choice. He's like, there are two names you may call me. I will let you decide. One are the two. (laughs) What about Jose? No. I would have counterpointed with Jose. No, that's because you're obnoxious. Jojo? No, he gave her two choices. Those were her choices from which she had to choose. No. (laughs) This is why you would get pushed off the boat. (laughs) This is why that it's a good thing there's a country between us so that we oh, yeah, can still podcast under together. <laughs> oh no! <sighs> so I I liked it. To be clear, not George's pun. I mean <laughs> Joe's asserting himself. <laughs> but when Patricia responds and she says, "Okay, Joe," 
I felt like she was breaking a basic tenet of comedy. He says, my name is Joseph or Joe. And even watching this movie, or watching this minute of the movie, having seen the movie so many times, I was still expecting her to say, okay, Joseph or Joe, right? Well, she's not a dad. <laughs> she's breaking a comedy rule from the dad drogue school of comedy. Which is a very valid dad with school of comedy. But she's not a dad, so she doesn't have to adhere to their rules. She can adopt. No, she she is playing the smarmy, antagonistic Captain Ron character. Because she (laughs) she currently doesn't like Joe because she thinks Joe works for her father. So she doesn't like him. So she's just gonna she has she has agreed to take him, but she doesn't have to be nice to him. So she's not going to be. And she's going to be as low-key snotty and get in as many barbs as she can. R.I.P. Barb. What? <sighs> Is that a... Stranger uh, Things. Yeah. Oh, right. Season one, get current. <laughs> I died and none of my friends even remember. Just the internet remembers. Oh, I don't understand that reference. Is that bar- about Barb? Well, the only one who knew she was missing was Nancy. I haven't seen Stranger Things. Oh my God, Liz. Yeah, but I knew what you were talking about. Barely. Whatever. Anyway. See, this is where you should take a page from the Jarf book of podcasting, where it's just like, mm-hmm, Terry Pratchett. Mm-hmm. Sure, just like laugh, yeah, like, that. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. a thing you said uh-huh. with your Terry mouth. Terry Pratchett, I, get I it. know, right? <laughs> She's so crazy. <laughs> she should be named Karen. Uh, yeah, you're right. But then that would mean I had to like say George was right, and I just can't do that. You're breaking the rule of comedy. I don't care. I do what I want, Joe. <laughs> well, you're in a rotten mood today. Yeah, it's the sun. It really gets to me. <laughs> was that line in this minute? It was. Yeah, all of those oh, lines. It's, I, I can't. We're basically that. just recreating the minute for you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're doing a live recreation. You're welcome. Most people have to pay for that. Well, it's. I, I think. I think that's what our listeners are here for. You, you did a great reenactment when you were here in the earlier minutes. Um, so, so we. Get mm, I read some deleted Didi. Yes, you did. <laughs> deleted Didi sounds like a special move. <laughs> Do you two want to let our listeners know where in the future they may be able to hear even more of this scintillating rapport? Nah. Would you believe it if I told you that daddy told me not to tell you? <laughs> I would believe that. You would? Be cool. Yeah. I would believe it too, but it wouldn't help us wrap up the episode. It wouldn't. No. It wouldn't. We're we don't s- want to go. <laughs> That cot you have in the back of the studio is not comfortable. Well, here's a deal. What do you say? He's like, you could just leave. (laughs) Yeah, go home. Go home. (laughs) What do you say to coming back on Wednesday? What? Okay. That works for my schedule. Okay. Did you all want to plug anything before we wrap up? We'll save it. We'll save it. We'll we'll let the, we'll do the slow. Hold them in suspense, just like we are with the release of whatever it is we're not talking about. Exactly. It's all about the mind games. It's all marketing, ploy, strategy, things. Just wait till the sex scandal comes out. I'm not going to pull on that thread. And I'm going to quickly hop on board this schooner and sail away from this awkward conversation. Seems like it's for the best. Awkward conversation. (laughs) That's a positive choice. Oh, it's a sex positive jarf choice. Yep. I'm looking <laughs> forward oh, to Oh, now we got Tierney last minute? What? <laughs> Is Tierney here to land this plane? 
Tierney is here to stop the recording, which kind of is the podcast equivalent, but I was very much enjoying hearing Jarf struggle with how to get out of this episode. <laughs> Tierney is here going, just, move along, to move just along. Deal just, with us. Move along. There's nothing to see here. You don't need to hear their plugs. They can go about their business. Move along. Exactly. Jarf's just <laughs> over there, like wishing he had Jedi mind trick powers that would work <laughs> across the internet. I like the added challenge of guests that that don't recognize wrap-up voice. Oh, no, we do. Yeah, yeah. We recognize it. We just don't acknowledge it. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.